This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back in on the drive on 6 Sports Radio, 6 and the Odyssey app. I think that you could argue that Tyreek Hill was the best player in the NFL this season. I understand positional value, and I'm not arguing for Tyreek Hill to have one NFL MVP. I'm pretty certain that that's going to Lamar Jackson. But if you were just talking about sheer dominance at his position and what he meant to his individual team, I think you could argue that Tyreek Hill was the best player in the league this year. He does not scare me heading into this game. And it is very weird to say that I am more terrified of a rookie running back who played in a little bit more than a handful of games than I am about Tyreek Hill. We already know about how Kansas City did against top flight receivers this year. They shut almost all of them down this season. Whether it was Amon Ross St. Brown, whether it was Justin Jefferson, whether it was Tyreek Hill and Oh, I'll get to you some Tyreek Hill numbers about his season. You name the top flight wide receiver that they played this season. For the most part, the Chiefs did a really good job against that individual. I do not go into this game afraid of Tyreek Hill. I would say over the course of the last three, four postseason runs that we've seen here in Kansas City, there usually is a guy or two on the other team's offense that you're a little bit worried about. Jamar Chase, the last couple of years for Cincinnati, he's been a guy that has given the Chiefs a lot of problems. You remember that first postseason run with Derrick Henry. He was coming into town. You were a little bit worried about Derrick Henry. It's okay. There's a lot of great offensive players in this league, and it's an offensive league. I get it. There is no shame being worried about certain offensive players. I don't go into this postseason really worried about anybody. Now, could the Chiefs lose? Sure. Could Lamar Jackson play well? Could Josh Allen play well? Could Diggs? Could Gabriel Davis? Could two? Of course. But I feel pretty confident in Kansas City's ability to stop any player that they can go against in the AFC playoffs. Now, the Niners are a little bit differently just because they got so many of those guys on their side, on that side of the ball. But I'm not worried about anybody in the AFC just giving Kansas City fits where you think that one player eliminates them from the tournament. And I'm looking at Tyreek Hill. Kind of like the Miami Dolphins, the numbers are a little bit inflated. I would say that they played six games this season against teams that I think are good teams. I think they played six of those games. 
They played Buffalo twice. They played Philadelphia, Kansas City, Dallas, and Baltimore. They played six games this season against playoff teams. Rob, he didn't have 100 yards receiving in any of those games. Against Buffalo, just last week, he had three catches for 58 yards. Against the Eagles, 11 catches for 88 yards. Against Kansas City in that game in Germany, eight catches for 62 yards. Against the Cowboys, nine catches for 99 yards, so a little bit less than 100 yards. Against the Ravens, six for 76. And against the Bills, the second time, seven catches for 82 yards. So I'm not going into this game thinking that you are stopping Tyreek Hill. Like, it's not realistic to think that he's going to have two catches for 24 yards. You don't need him to do that. But I'm not going into this game, and I don't think there's any reason to go into this game thinking that Tyreek is going to have six catches for 105 yards, even if that's what the numbers say that he was supposed to do. I saw his player prop. It opened at 84 and a half under. What reason do I have to think that Tyreek's going to have that kind of day? That two is going to have that kind of day in the cold, in the wind, in his first playoff game at Arrowhead? I feel really good about the Chiefs stopping Tyreek Hill, which is crazy to say for the player who is going to be the offensive player of the year. He was that good this season. He is going to be a first-team all-pro wide receiver in what might be the most deep position, the deepest position in the entire National Football League. I am not worried about Tyreek Hill in this game. Is he a great player? Of course. Is he going to go to the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Is he the most dynamic player in the NFL? Certainly. But what has he done this season against good teams, and what has this defense done against top-flight wide receivers? When you add those two things together, why do I think that Tyreek is going to have a great day? I just don't think he's going to have one on Saturday. So if you don't believe Tyreek's going to have a great day, which – I actually agree with you. Tua, the weather, Legereus Sneed, the way the Chiefs' defense been playing, the way the secondary played in the first matchup in Germany, all the reasons that everyone can explain about why Tyree Kill, I don't think, is going to have a massive game on Sunday or Saturday. Excuse me. I get that. Do you think Achan is good enough to go win the game for the Dolphins? Because Tyree Kill is good enough to go win a game by himself in the playoffs for the Dolphins. But I think the Chiefs are going to eliminate him. I think the Chiefs are going to make him a non-threat, which means guys two, three, and four are going to have to go beat you. That's kind of how the playoff works. You know, you handcuff the star and you say, go beat us. Do you think A-Chan, which is their number two guy, because Waddle is questionable for the game, do you think he's good enough to beat the Chiefs? Because I would bet your answer is no, based on how you feel about this game coming into it. I'm going to answer no, but I guess maybe I'll take a little bit of an out here. I think that A-Chain is good enough to give the Dolphins a chance, and I think the Chiefs have made enough mistakes that they can help the Dolphins win this game. I mean, I think back to the one game in which a team ran the ball really effectively against Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, Zamir White, the running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. He had over 100 yards. It took one of the worst efforts from the Chiefs that we've seen during this Patrick Mahomes era, but... I don't think that Kansas City is good enough to run away from Miami. We've seen some Chiefs teams over the last three, four years that this would be a game I'd be coming on here telling you I'm picking Kansas City to win this game 31-17, 31-13. I think that they could run away from Miami. I don't think that Kansas City has played to that level, but could you tell me that Miami scores 17 points in this game and that Kansas City does enough to keep this game close and it comes down to one or two plays late And from either side, whether it's Miami making those plays or Kansas City. So to answer your question is, no, A-Chain is not a guy that I – 
I am not worried about him going out there and running for 160 yards, two touchdowns, and him being the best player on Super Wild Card Weekend. But could he be a guy like against the Ravens? Against the Ravens, he had 14 carries for 107 yards. Could he have one of those kind of days in which he has 16 carries, he runs for 121 yards, he scores one touchdown? Sure. I'm not super confident that two is going to throw for a lot of yards, and I also just don't. Miami is not a team offensively and how they've done against good teams. I don't think Miami is scoring more than 21, 24 points. I think this game is going to be really close late. That's why I will continue to say I've been banging the drum. It's turnover differential. I think for the most part, these two teams are fairly even. I'm going to trust Kansas City to make one or two more plays in this game than I think Miami can. Some of it is just a history and a track record. And I, I'm just not super confident in Miami's ability to beat good teams. They didn't do it on the road at any point this season. You're now telling me after what, what you've been saying about Kansas City. Hey, I've seen 18 weeks. I've seen 19 weeks. They haven't fixed any of these problems. Well, Miami hasn't beat anybody good in the first 18 weeks. Now I'm going to pick them on the road in minus five dangerously cold temperatures to finally beat a good team. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it either. And you know how I feel about running back. If the Chiefs, which I do believe the Chiefs are going to take away Tyree Kill, and this is honestly more to do with Legereus Sneed than anything. Legereus Sneed, I feel like at this point in the season, in a weird way, something I never thought I'd say when he was drafted is just go put him on the number one guy and you'll be fine. Like he, the number one guy is eliminated. We've seen the numbers. We'll talk about the numbers at some point this week. He's so good that I don't think a running back in the NFL is outside of Christian McCaffrey good enough as the, Hey, go win a game for us guy. Hey, go make, make a play and carry us to a title type of guy. I don't think a chan is that guy and a chan is awesome, but I don't think he's good enough. It reminds me of something though, talking about a chan and Hill that Mitch Holt has said on the show Monday, Mitch Holt has said this team, them being the dolphins is better when they play from out ahead. He didn't want to say they struggle to go uphill, but they're better when they take the, when they have a lead because then they can run the ball. They're doing all this stuff. If the Chiefs are able to slow A-Chan down, this game could end up being the opposite of a nail-biter. I'm not saying it's going to end up 35 nothing, but this could be a 17-3, and you never feel like the Dolphins were in it. This could be a 21-10, but an oh-by-the-way at the end because of the weather and the whole deal. If the Chiefs can slow A-Chan and take Hill away, which is very possible. I don't know the Dolphins have the artillery or are built well enough to come back from any level of deficit in that cold arrowhead. You know how we always ask the question, Chiefs win if, Dolphins win if. We ask that to opposing guests. I think the Dolphins' answer is pretty simple. They have three ways to win this game. They win the turnover differential, which we know Kansas City has been prone to giving you the football. They turned it over 28 times this year. They have a propensity to give you the football. So that's one way. They win the turnover differential. I would say the second way is Tyreek Hill goes crazy. Just based on how he's played against top teams, based on how the Dolphins have played against good teams, I don't find that to be a very realistic pathway. I would be very surprised if on Monday we are coming in here and we are talking about a Dolphins win because the Chiefs couldn't stop Tyreek Hill. Their defense has given me no reason to predict that heading into it. If we're going to talk about things we know about the Chiefs, I don't know if they're going to protect the football. I feel pretty good about their ability to stop top flight wide receivers. They did that all season. And then it's A-Chain goes crazy. A-Chain has one of those kind of days like he had early in the season. 
where against the Broncos, he had 18 carries for 200 yards. Against Buffalo, he had eight carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Against the Giants, 11 carries, 151 yards, and one touchdown. Outside of that stretch, now he was banged up for most of the season. Outside of that stretch, A-Chain, for the most part, has been manageable. He played well against the Ravens, but they also got blown out in that game against the Ravens. You've been able to manage them. I'm not sure what Miami's A game looks like, especially with how banged up they've been over the last couple of weeks. This is a different conversation that we were having in October about this team. A lot has changed. If you're telling me that you're counting on Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin, who is 37 years old, to come in and give you pass rush, I'm not really sure how how stout defensively you're going to be, and you know I've got my questions about their offense. This is the game in which I feel Kansas City can play well. This is the game in which I feel like Kansas City can have control of this game, and they should advance to the next round of the NFL playoffs. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago. We'll get through the top stories of the NFL for Super Wild Card Weekend. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Chocolate Cake needs a good run game, good offensive line, needs elite weapons. I think that Chocolate Cake is a system quarterback. Brought to you by the Deep Esqually Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT on 610 Sports Radio. Cinder Block Brewery. We're going to have our third annual playoff meetup is probably the best way to call it. Shout out to Cinder Block Brewery. This is one of my favorite events that we do. They have their playoff Pilsner. Everybody from 610 is going to be there. Dusty's going to be there during the night show. I'm going to be there. Rob's going to be there. Anybody that you hear on the air here at 610 Sports Radio is going to be there. It's always a lot of fun. It's always great to talk football with you guys, and get ready for the postseason. We are going to play left, right, center. I'm just telling you that, so come prepared. 
If you want to play, if you don't want to play, that's perfectly fine. But that's what we are going to be doing. I've already told Rob that. Rob is excited. I am excited. Hopefully you are excited. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you know what? Just come out there anyway. Maybe you'll find out what we're talking about. Or maybe you'll just grab a beer and I'll tell you who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. We'll do all that tomorrow at Cinderblock Brewery. Starts at 6 o'clock. We will head there after the show. Let's head to the phone lines right now and be joined by my brother, one of my best friends. He, in my opinion, is one of the best sports talk hosts in the country with 670 to score in Chicago. Also the co-host of First and Pod, just a great NFL podcast with two guys talking about ball. Danny Parkins of 670 to score in Chicago, but that's not what he goes by on this show. Park Park, what's good? Good afternoon, CDOT. I, I consulted with my pastor to get permission I told my sisters and my aunts and my kids and my wife that I am coming on this show today to agree with everything that Stephen A. Smith said about Jason Whitlock. So, Danny, let's just start with this. Just thousand-foot view as you were getting ready for the postseason. Your team is not going to be participating in the postseason, so you have a neutral observation on all of these games. What game are you most excited for this weekend? Lions-Rams. Lions-Rams is as good of a wildcard game as you could possibly get in terms of drama and storylines. Neither team can win the Super Bowl, but first home playoff game in Detroit in 30 years, and it's going up against a guy who they traded away, who won a Super Bowl, who's the most accomplished quarterback in Lions history but it was an undeniably great trade also for the Lions. So the fact that Matt Stafford can win the first playoff game in Detroit in a couple of generations but not be a member of the Detroit Lions, that is just a spectacular game in terms of theater, emotion, what the crowd will be. Like, the cold of Arrowhead on Peacock is great. Obviously, Cowboys-Packers will do an absolutely monstrous television number, and that'll give us all of our 90s nostalgia. But in terms of, like, atmosphere in the building, pure storyline, narrative-type stuff, I think it's Rams-Lions. This is a great storyline weekend altogether. I'm really intrigued by Browns and Texans. You have C.J. Stroud, who looks like he could be a star in this league. Joe Flacco has been a great story. You mentioned Saturday on Peacock. You've got the Chiefs and the Dolphins. We'll get to that game here coming up momentarily. You've got Packers and Cowboys. You mentioned that 90s nostalgia. For a NFL season that has felt very uneven at times, we got a great super wildcard weekend slate. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and listen, I mean, we would watch any of the games. We've watched, you know, we've watched Brock Osweiler play on this weekend before. We've seen the Texans in the early slate on Saturday, multiple years. You know what I mean? We, we, we are accustomed to bad football, and then we still watch it. And maybe one of these games will be a blowout, and we'll be waiting three hours until the next game, and it won't live up to the hype. But it's, uh, it's a pretty spectacular weekend, uh, at least on paper. And frankly, I'm not all that interested in the Monday night game. Like, B- Bucks eagles the Eagles are collapsing, and Tampa's arguably the more interesting side of that game. If Baker Mayfield can win a playoff game after having a 30-touchdown season when a lot of us thought that they were going to be sellers at a trade deadline and 
unofficially tank and play Kyle Trask and go try to get Drake May or Caleb Williams. Like, he's this year's Geno Smith in terms of, I think Baker's the quarterback of the Bucks next year, win or lose, and he probably made himself like $40, 50000000 million. So uh, it's crazy that Philly is one of the least interesting stories of this weekend. I'm actually picking Tampa Bay to pull off the upset there. I mean, Philadelphia's lost five of their last six games. They feel like a team that is limping to the finish line. You know how after a season like Philly, we always get that story from the ESPN or the Athletic about what went wrong with the team. It feels like we're like four or five days away from that story with Philadelphia. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that it is possible, though, that it is a straight-up Jalen Hurts is injured and their secondary is trash. Like, I watch these games, and I'm pretty sure those are the two X's and O's points that need to be made. Like, they can't defend the pass, and their quarterback who hung 35 in a losing effort in the Super Bowl last year in a shootout against Patrick Mahomes isn't himself, even though the personnel on the offensive side of the ball is largely the same. So, I'm not burying them big picture, but uh, I do agree that there's been some level of dysfunction there, obviously. But I think that it's most likely a health and personnel issue that is what ultimately undid that team. So, Danny, let's get your take on Chiefs and Dolphins. I mean, I've been pretty consistent on Miami this year. They just haven't beat a lot of good opponents. I mean, they've played good opponents. They played Buffalo twice. They played Kansas City earlier this season. They played Philadelphia earlier this year. And they have lost all of those games. I'm just not a believer in Miami, and then you factor in this is Tua's first postseason game and what that means historically. You also factor in that's going to be Arctic cold on Saturday. I haven't seen too many people giving Miami a chance to win this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't either, obviously. But can we just play a game before I talk about the game with you? Can we just play a game, you and me? Yeah, of course. All right. What would it take? I'm going to start. I'm going to start throwing numbers at you, and I want you to tell me when I would have to stop cash money in your hands for you to attend this game and sit outside the entire time you can't warm up you'd have to be in the lower level at the 30 yard line all right i'm paying you five hundred dollars in cash i need way more than that all right all right all right all right all right eight hundred dollars in cash when i said way more i didn't mean three hundred dollars i meant there needs to be a comma two thousand dollars in cash no Oh, my God, that's amazing. $3,000 in cash in your pocket to attend that game without being able to go inside for one minute. It is a minimum of five. <laughs> I need a minimum of $5,000. Danny, I don't think you understand. I made this joke yesterday. I wouldn't go see Michael Jackson if he returned from the dead for a one-night-only concert in Power and Light. Like You could tell me Michael Jackson says, hey, Saturday – at noon, I'm coming back. I'm going to do one show. It's going to be in Kansas City. I'm going to perform all my hits. I will watch that on TikTok. I will watch that on Instagram Reels. I will watch that on YouTube. I don't have any desire to. It's going to be negative five degrees outside. Negative five. That means it is at zero, and then they decided it's still not cold enough. We're going to take it down a few notches. I don't have any desire to be outside to watch this game. $5,000 in cash. It would you're, take, not go, you're not going to a Chiefs playoff game to see Tyreek Hill return to Arrowhead. That's the minimum. Five, I'm not, I'm not considering it for $2,000. No. Well, 4200 $4, in cash is a quick no. I'm going to say no. If you have 4200 <laughs> you have that extra eight to give me. You have the extra eight. Give me that extra eight and I'll go. Okay. 
forty-two hundred in cash is a no. Are you going to the game? Cash. How much for yeah. you? Yeah, for forty-two hundred. How much? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, it'd be kind of fun. I've been to cold games at Lambeau before. I've been to cold games. Get get some, you know. Rub some, uh, what do they say? You know, you got to bring in some cardboard for your feet so you're not standing on the concrete. Some boots, some ski shoes, some hand warmers, some feet warmers, a little face mask, maybe a little, like, uh, butter. I don't, I don't know what it is. Is it butter? Is it baby oil? Is Vaseline, I think they say. Vaseline. Vaseline. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, rub some Vaseline on yourself. Danny, you haven't watched a game outside since 2014, and now you're telling me how you're a man of the people. All these cold-weather Lambo games are in the 90s. It was very cold at Game 4 of the World Series at Wrigley in 2016. Oh, here you go. It was October. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was like November 2nd, but November 1st. But, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I was just saying, it, it, it hasn't been that long. That that long well, Danny, if this was game four of a Cubs World Series, this is a wild card game. This team has been to three Super Bowls. They won two of them. This is a wild card game. Yes. You know what? If you were like, hey, Carrington, do you want to come with me to game four of the World Series for the Cubs? You know what? I would do everything in my power to try to push through you it. You just said you wouldn't go see Michael Jackson. Okay, good point. Never mind. Yeah, what are you talking about? You're soft. You're soft. I'm going to guess here that you are not picking the Dolphins for all the reasons that you were not picking me in this scenario. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I think, I think, I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will probably win the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's the type of analysis that I'm going to give you, and that you can get more of on first and five. No, I appreciate it. Uh, let's go with this. Are you anticipating an upset in this? You know, there's going to be one result that we are not expecting. Mine is Tampa Bay and they're upset over Philadelphia. Do you have an upset in your mind over these three days of football? Oh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, there's some really small lines out there, right? Like, So, I mean, just like letter of the law, like the Rams can win. Uh, the Bucks can win. Obviously, either Cleveland or Houston can win. So, you know, in, in that scenario, uh, I, I think that there's de- they're definitely – uh, could be upsets this weekend. I'd be very surprised if if Green Bay won, though Jordan Love is playing great, and it'd be hilarious if Mike McCarthy turtled in this game against his old franchise. So uh, I, that's there's some rooting interest for me there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that uh, there will be some some small upsets. And if you want to like pin me down on one, I guess uh, Tampa and LA would be my two choices. Let me get your opinion on some of the coaching changes and firings and hirings and everything that has happened in the world of football over the last couple of days or so. Let's start with Nick Saban. Are you surprised that he made this decision? You know, people closer to it than me have been saying that he sounded different this year and he's been acting different. And, you know, I don't, like, watch every interview uh, or every postgame press conference or anything like that, but they said that he's been, like, smelling the roses more. And I've, I've been hearing them say that in, like, the national take-a-sphere. So, surprised, of course. I mean, he's the greatest college football coach in modern history. Like, you know what I mean? It's always a little surprising. And he did it with no fanfare, which I got to respect. You know, he just – he coached the playoff game, and then he gave his team some time, and then he apparently was, like, talking to assistant coaches and recruits. And then he was just like, I'm done. Peace. So, I think, like, how quickly it happened, uh, I'm surprised by – but I don't know that you could ever be shocked when a man in his 70s who's got probably high eight figures in the bank 
uh, decides that he wants to enjoy his latter years. So not shocked, but hell of a story, obviously. Let's just transition now to Pete Carroll. I was a little bit surprised. This one caught me a little bit more off guard than I think Nick Saban. Seattle had a good year, and he just seems like he still has a lot of energy and zest. I think you saw that in the press conference as well from Pete Carroll. I was surprised to get that tweet come across that Pete Carroll was also stepping down. I agree. Uh, and I mean, he said he expected to be back at his season-ending press conference after the last game. So uh, I think something clearly happened there. It's fascinating, man. Like, it's an offensive league, and I know that defensive coaches can still get hired, and I know that defensive coaches can still win, and if you've got a great quarterback, uh, you know, it, it can be impervious to that. But teams are itchy to, to find great offense and to, to, to keep up with the times. Like, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, and Pete Carroll all out in the same cycle in a year where about half the league turned over coordinators. Uh, coming into this year you know there's just if you don't and you see the guys who are getting interviews already right like Callahan the guy underneath Zach Taylor in Cincinnati he's got four interviews Bobby Slowick out of Houston who uh, turned CJ Stroud into a great player as a rookie he's got interviews Ben Johnson from the Lions he's got interviews the Bears open up their offensive coordinator job immediately go after Shane Waldron from Seattle he's got interviews like it's just it it is there such a priority on, on this being an offensive league that uh, I think that just like last year, my guess is 75% of the hires will be offensive coaches. Let's go with a couple of NFL jobs. Jim Harbaugh, it seems to me, I made the analogy, it feels like LeBron whenever he made the decision to leave Cleveland the, the second time. Hey, I did everything I was supposed to do in Cleveland. Like, there should be no ill will from Michigan fans about Harbaugh now taking the opportunity to go back to the next level and try to get the Super Bowl. That's really the only thing he hasn't accomplished as a coach. Where do you think he's going to go? I actually think Washington is a sleeper here. You know their owner wants to make a big splash. You know he's willing to spend money. It's really close to Baltimore, so he's going to be able to go see his brother in a realistic time frame. I really think Washington's not getting a lot of credit. They're going to land one of the big fish that's out there. I definitely think they'll land a big fish. Um, Does he love Drake May? If he loves Drake May, I think Washington makes a ton of sense. But I don't think that Jim Harbaugh like turns down coaching opportunities each of the last couple of cycles to have Justin Herbert be out there and him not be very interested in that. Like I know these guys are egomaniacs, and Sean Payton took the Broncos job with all the Russell Wilson questions and being in the division with Mahomes and Andy Reid, and now he's ready to move on, and he believes that he'll figure it out without a quarterback. And there's no, fa- there's no fan base. Uh, in L.A., so winning doesn't mean as much there as it does at Michigan or it would have if he would have come to the Bears where he played and all that stuff. But I just I don't think that he's going to go to the NFL without a quarterback attached to it. He hired uh, Don Yee to be his agent. He's got ties to Brady. They obviously have ties to the Raiders. So, But same thing with the quarterback issue. Like, if I'm him, I want a great quarterback. So I understand why the Chargers are seen as the favorite and his wife apparently loves Southern California. Last question here is about Bill Belichick. He is stepping down as the head coach for the New England Patriots. Two-part question here. It's funny to ask this question about Belichick on what his legacy is going to be because obviously they have had all the success, but these last couple of years without Tom Brady have not been ideal, and then Brady went on to win a championship, and I think that's really shifted some people's opinion about Belichick. I still think he's going to coach next year. Put me down for Atlanta with him. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, they're apparently very interested. Uh, what you said about uh, Washington, I think, makes a ton of sense uh, for him. I I do think he'll coach. I, I think he wants Shula's record. Uh, I don't know what he would do if he's not coaching. I know people think he'd be a star in media, and he's friends with McAfee, and he could do, you know, you know some sort of pregame show and just make money and be on his boat and all those sort of things. But strikes me as a guy that, that is so close to Shula's record that he'll try to coach for a few more years. Um, listen, I, I hope he coaches because it's interesting and it's a great storyline, but I wouldn't want it to be for my team for the same reasons that we were talking about, about the offensive league and all of that. Like, it's not that he's not a great coach. It's not that he's not the greatest coach ever. Um, but I think that there's if, – if I was hiring and you said you could hire Ben Johnson or Bill Belichick, I'd hire Ben Johnson. So, like, that's where I'm at on just, like, what matters most in the league these days. I thought, though, that he was going to maybe figure out a way to do what Andy Reid did without leaving. Like, Andy Reid left Philly for Kansas City and in the process was able to, like, save some face on his personnel problems in Philadelphia. And then he hired John Dorsey. And he's like, yeah, I just didn't want to do it anymore. It was too much of a headache. I thought maybe the like the the comfortable middle for Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick would have been I'm in my 70s. My 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 joy is game planning to how to make Josh Allen throw me the ball three times. It's not to scout the senior bowl in person. And he just could, would give up personnel and continue coaching in New England. But clearly uh, they're ready for the amicable amicable divorce and I agree with you. I expect him to coach next year. That is Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago, podcast extraordinaire, man of the people, and just overall swell guy. Danny, I appreciate you, man. Enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend. I can't wait. And imagine, Carrington, the majority of your audience is willing to pay to go to this game. I don't believe that a majority of you are willing to pay to go to this game. I just, I refuse to believe it. I think that we have an audience that appreciates good weather. That's what I think that we have built over the course of however long I've been doing this show in this time slot, that you guys appreciate good, warm weather, sitting outside on the back deck, having a good steak, barb. That's what I think you guys enjoy. I'm also looking at the ticket prices for this. Rob, it's gotten down to $40 to get into the game. So for the price of a Stanley Cup, and I ain't talking about the Colorado Avalanche, you can attend a playoff game featuring Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and I think that Taylor Swift will be there. Even the Swifties. You can't even see Taylor Swift's movie for cheaper than $40 in today's time. And they don't even want to go to this game. They know how cold it is outside. So I don't believe that a majority of you want to go to this game. I really don't. You know the weather that I love? I love the weather that I can really peacefully enjoy this song. Two, three, here we go. Don't want to wait till the sun's sinking. We can be feeling all right. I know we can't get jiggy with this song with this temperature. Of course you can can't do any day drinking with this weather outside. You got to do some day drinking so you can stop filling your fingers. So you can stay warm. Yeah. (laughs) Liquid blanket. Yeah. No.
Day drinking is needed now more than ever in these hard times. <laughs> Why do you think those people in the text line yesterday were like, I'm getting out there at 10 because I got to lube up with some Jim Beam. I've heard that's the worst thing you can do. That's what I've heard. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Health-wise, it's awful for you. It's been a long time since I've had prolonged time outside in the cold. That's not an experience that I ever want to enjoy again. No. All right. Coming up on the other side, if you missed it, Nick Saban did an interview with SportsCenter to explain his decision on why he is stepping down as the head coach at Alabama. We'll play that for you coming up on the other side, and we'll also continue to get you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis, joins the show every Monday starting at 4 o'clock. Travis Kelsey's on his own planet. When you look at it empirically, there is no way to compare him to anybody else. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Kansas City, it's Sky Moore. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get back to the top stories of the day in Kansas City. Also continue to get you ready for the matchup on Saturday against the Miami Dolphins. I want to play for you guys what Nick Saban had to say. He sat down with Reese Davis earlier today in ESPN to explain his decision to walk away from coaching. Here's what Nick Saban had to say. Well, I don't think there's any good time, especially when you're a coach, because once you're a coach, you think you're going to be a coach forever. But I actually thought that uh, in hiring coaches, uh, recruiting players, uh, that my age started to become a little bit of an issue. People wanted uh, assurances that I would be here for three years, five years, whatever, and that got harder and harder for me to be honest about. And to be honest, this last season uh, was grueling. Uh, It was a real grind uh, for us to come from where we started to where we got to. Uh, Took a little little more out of me than usual. And, you know, when people mentioned the health issue, it was really just the grind of can you do this the way you want to do it? Can you do it the way you've always done it and be able to sustain it and do it for the entire season? And if I couldn't make a commitment to do that in the future, uh, the way I, I think I have to do it, Um, I thought maybe this was the right time based on those two sets of circumstances uh, that, um, like I said, there's never a good time. Uh, But I thought maybe this was the right time. So there's no there's no illness. It's just the grind and the gruel of the season. There's no illness. Miss Terry's fine. I'm fine. Um, But it was the can you sustain the season, you know, from 
just a, a mental grind standpoint. Um, and I, you know, when I was young, you know, I could work till two in the morning, get up at six, and be there the next day and be full of energy and go for it. But when you get a little older, that gets a little tougher, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Now, I don't know what it's like to be in this position, but I'm certainly hopeful that one day I'm in this position. I don't know if it can, I don't know if it needs to be a, well, why did you retire when you were 70? Especially when it's already funded. Nick Saban has made $120 million in salary from Alabama. That's not counting any endorsement. That's not counting any of the Aflac commercials or anything else. I'm saying just in salary from being the head coach at Alabama. I don't know if you really need a reason of why if you decide to step down and retire. I'm 71 years old. I've made more than enough money. I just don't want to wake up and do this anymore. I believe if Nick Saban wanted to today, I think he could take over on college game day. So I can have one of the best media jobs in the country. I can just travel one time a week as opposed to, hey, I got to do official visits. I got to do, I don't want to do this anymore. I just don't know if you need a why if you are 70 and you retire. Maybe you need a why if you were Sean McVay and you retire in two seasons. Like, hold on, you're 39 years old. You're just, you're just done. You still got a lot of life left to live. I just, I just don't know if you need an explanation if you are Nick Saban and you're stepping away. It makes sense. The college schedule has become incredibly grueling with recruiting, transfer portal, name, image, and likeness. Coaches who leave, it is a 24-7, 365-day job. I just can understand one day that you wake up and you come to the conclusion, I just don't have the same energy and passion for this anymore, and it's time for me to step aside and let somebody much younger do this job. I don't know who the next coach is going to be. Mike Norvell of Florida State, he might take over. I saw earlier that Dan Lanning, Oregon's head coach, he's going to stay. We'll see what Kalen DeBoer, Washington head coach. I mean, it's Alabama's job that's opening. You're taking over a team that, even with the departure of Nick Staben, should still be a team that goes to the college football playoff next year. It's a really good job, if not the best job in the country. They're going to get a really successful younger coach to come in and try to keep what they've been doing at Alabama afloat. I want to play for you guys since we're talking about old coaches stepping down. Let's hear what Bill Belichick had to say. He spoke with the media earlier today about his time ending in New England. I have so much respect for all the players, um, and certainly we've had you know many that have been here for a long time and you know had great contributions and you know, too many to name at this time. But um, you know, great thanks to the players and um, to the media for you guys. I, I don't know that anybody's gotten more coverage than. Uh, than I have or we have in the past 24 years. Um, you know, meet with you guys a lot, respect what you do. Um, you know, you're our voice to the fans, and uh, even though we don't always see eye to eye all the time, most of the time, but not all the time, uh, I do respect what you do. And, and, uh, and finally, to the fans, um, you know, the fans here are amazing. Um, you know, there's so many memories of the fans, the, the send-offs, um, the parades, um, the Sundays, you know, whatever the, whatever the situations are, um, the letters of support, uh, the, you know, seeing the fans, you know, away from here, you know, at a gas station or a grocery store, or, you know, wherever you bump into them, uh, paycheck fans here, and not just in New England, but 
uh, they extend nationally and even internationally uh, as I've traveled. Uh, it's amazing how far the, the arm reaches. We saw that this year in, in Germany. So, uh, so appreciative of the fans for all the support they've given me, uh, my family, uh, and this football team. And uh, it's with um, just so many fond memories and, and uh, thoughts that I you know, think about the Patriots and, and I'll always be a Patriot. I look forward to coming back here. Uh, but at this time, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to move on. And um, I look forward and excited for the future. That was Bill Belichick earlier today. He met with the media for the last time as the head coach of the New England Patriots. He is deciding to go down a very different path. It's going to be very interesting to see over the course of the next two to three weeks what teams are really interested in Bill Belichick. If you're a team like the Washington Commanders, I think that they're going to land a big fish. I think their owner is hyper-motivated to turn things around in Washington. He paid cash for that team. That was the childhood team that he grew up for. You got an opportunity to come in, take Dan Snyder's job, and be the one who turned things around for the Washington Commanders. I think that Washington is going to land one of these big fish. You look at the Los Angeles Chargers. They're available. His name has been linked to Atlanta. He is 15 wins away from being the all-time winningest coach in the National Football League. So I don't think that Bill Belichick is retiring. I don't think he's stepping down. I think he's going to come back. But I think there's a lot of jobs that also just wouldn't be super interested in Bill Belichick. Like, I don't think he's going to be the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think there's a couple. I'd be, I'd be surprised if he was Carolina's head coach. I think there's a handful of teams that aren't going to be interested in Bill Belichick. It's going to be really curious to see over the course of the next couple of weeks or so which teams sort of move to the front of the line. Right now, the only team that has at least kind of expressed any interest has been Atlanta. He hasn't really been linked to any other job. He hasn't been linked to the Chargers, hasn't been linked to Carolina. The only job that he's really seemed like they're interested in him has been Atlanta. We'll see what happens with Bill Belichick. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk more about Belichick and the mutual decision for him to step down. We'll talk a little bit more about Nick Saban as he is officially retired as the head coach at Alabama. And we'll also continue to get you ready for the wild card game on Saturday against the Miami Dolphins. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6th Sports.com and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.